It seemed fitting that the message today, we're more than conquerors, as we continue our series of who I am in Christ, because one of the things that we don't necessarily see as we should is the fact that we are conquerors. And what happens to most of us, at least I think this is the case, that um, we look at our circumstances rather than looking at our Christ. And when that happens, it's not really a good thing because it tends to pull us down. The perfect illustration, of course, in the Bible is Peter on the water looking at Jesus, winds and the waves, not a bother. But the moment he took his eyes off Christ, he began to go down. And I have now been in the ministry for a few years, and I've seen a lot of folks as they take their eyes off Christ and they begin to go down. We don't have to. It really is a choice that God has given us and a privilege that we have in our relationship with him so that as we live this life that he's given to us, that he gets the glory, the praise, and the honor. And as a result, he ministers to us and this truth, and it's a truth, it's a fact, a God fact. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. That is, that's God's truth. And anything different than that is a lie. You say, well, my emotions. I get it. We all have emotions. Or maybe my circumstances. We all have different circumstances. And not all of them are pleasant. In fact, as I say this to you, that we are more than conquerors in Christ, which of course is in our scripture here in Romans eight thirty-seven, some of you are going through some very difficult circumstances. And you're thinking, yeah, I I get it intellectually. I, I, I know that that's right, but I'm not sure right now how that fits me. Well, I want to make you extremely aware that it fits. And it fits every circumstance, every situation, every person in Christ without exception. Now, how we deal with it is a whole nother matter. In fact, it was kind of interesting, I thought, for me earlier this week. I was having this conversation with God, and uh, I said, you know, God, it was one of those beautiful days I was outside, and everything was just perfect. You know you know how it's been the last week or so? And I said, you know, God, if, if you had not given man free will, and they had messed up in the garden like they did, I'd be sitting in the garden right now. And I said, and, and also, if when you threw Satan out of heaven, you just immediately condemned him to hell, we wouldn't have to put up with him either. Well, God didn't respond, just so you know. Because he wants us to have free will. And free will that's not tested, faith that's not tested, isn't real anyway. And so here we are this morning in Romans chapter 8. I hope one of your favorite, favorite uh, scriptures, if not, maybe it will become that. But as we look at these verses of who we are in Christ and the fact that Paul says, but in all these things, you do know what's included in all these things, right? Yeah, there we go. Thank you very much. Everything. And all these things we're, what, overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. All things overwhelmingly conquering. Whatever it is. Now, again, 
We have free will. We have the choice God's given us to decide that my emotions are more important. I'm going to give in to my emotions. My circumstances are worse than anybody else has ever experienced. I'm going to give in to my circumstances. Or we can say, you know what, God? I can't necessarily see all that you see, but I know your word's true. And so I'm going to make the choice to live the life that is a more than conqueror through you, Lord Christ, who loved me and he gave himself for me. Just take a moment, if you would, and do an, uh, an evaluation of your circumstances. Some of you here this morning, you think, man, my circumstances could not be better. And others right here in the same room would say, my circumstances could not be worse. But guess what? We have the same God if we're in Christ. And the truth that he's given to us in this verse is absolutely true. He goes on and says, but who will separate us from the love of Christ? See, that's back to, it's not my circumstances, it's not my emotions, but who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, just as it is written, for your sake, we're being put to death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, when I came to know Christ as my personal Savior, nobody read me verses like this. It was about, you know, you've got this new life and all true. You have this incredible work of God that he's doing in your life, all true. But nobody told me that along with that, because God loves me so much, he's going to put me through these things because he knows what it needs. And we've talked about this before. He knows what I need to grow up in him. And he knows what you need to grow up in him as well. And how we respond to it has so much to do with how this ends up. So here's this incredible love that God is pouring out upon us. That God is giving to us in such great freedom and such great abundance. And all of this is God saying, I love you. 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 And because I do, as my child, I will do everything that I can possibly do for you to be that witness and that testimony for me in this world. Somebody mentioned it earlier. The world gets darker. We're in that now. And the brightness of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit, is what gets revealed in our lives. But in all these things, we're overwhelmingly conquerors through him. Back to verse 37. Be reminded of that. If you have not memorized this verse, let me encourage you to do so. Because you will be amazed how God will use that in your life. And all that he says and all that he has for you to do. For I'm convinced neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be separate, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We get up every day with that. We face every hour with that. We face every circumstance of life with that. And that's the difference that we have 
between us and someone who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that not amazing? Is that not God working supernaturally on our behalf? And then how does all this play out? How does this work out for us? Well, I want to look at several things as we play this out. And the first one's faith, because that's where the real test is. And I, I just wonder, are we willing to let God, Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith, we'll get that in a moment. Are we willing to let God do all that he wants to do in all of our lives as we honor him, as we glorify him, as we allow him to be all that he says that he is. I want to go back up. I didn't put the verse in the outline, but verse 28 in the same chapter of Romans says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, those are called according to his purpose. See, that's back to are we looking at circumstance? Are we looking Are we just based on our feelings or whatever? So I ran across this illustration. I think it's pretty good. An African chief had a personal servant that... They were best friends, and they did everything together. And this friend of his, this servant of his, had this saying, Well, this is good. So he and the king are out hunting one day, something they did frequently. They see the animal the king wants to shoot. The servant hands him the gun. The king misloads the gun, puts it up, pulls the trigger, and it blows his thumb off. And the servant says, This is good. And the king had a difference of opinion. And he became so enraged at his friend and his servant, he threw him into prison and left him in prison. Not going to have somebody around me who I blow my thumb off and he thinks it's good. Well, after some time, the servant was still in prison. The king is healing. He goes hunting again. Only this time... He is captured by cannibals. And they take him to their village. He's tied up. They're getting everything ready for dinner. And as they're getting ready to put him in the pot, they realize he's missing a thumb. This particular tribe is very superstitious. And they wouldn't eat any defective meat. And so they, they saw the king as defective because he was missing a thumb. This is good. He was released, went back home, felt so bad about his friend. He went to the jail, took his friend out, and he apologized. I am so, so sorry that I reacted as I did and put you in prison so unjustly. And his friend's response was, but this is good. And the king said, how in the world can it be good that someone like you and I who had such a great relationship that I would do such a horrible thing to you? How can this be good? And his servant said, because if I had been hunting with you today, they would have eaten me. (laughs) This is good. 
Now, I don't know if that's a true story or not, but it makes the point that how we see things can be so different when we begin to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to work in our lives and let us see it through him. And know that we come to this place of faith where Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Do you get that? Jesus is authoring and perfecting your faith every day that we live. And the exciting thing for me is it's so very personalized that he knows each one of us so very, very well that he knows exactly what it is that we need to go through for us to grow and mature. It may not be something we like. In fact, sometimes because we have this God who is working things out for his glory, it may be back to what Paul said early in Romans. Man, this is, this is terrible. This is tough. This is hard. We're, we're being literally killed, as it were. And, and how many people have gone through circumstances of life and just felt like they died inside because of what they have experienced? The loss of a loved one. The loss of a marriage. The loss of a job for some. It typically tends to center around loss. And yet here, here is God who says to us in Hebrews 12 too, fix your eyes on Jesus. It's back to Peter getting out of the boat. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author. He's the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He has set down the right hand of the throne of God. He is right there making intercession for us every day. Did you get that? Every day he's right there. So here's some illustrations. You might recognize some of these ladies. In fact, you might be sitting near some of these ladies. This is our ladies from last week at the retreat at the beach. And their theme was gratitude. And if there's something missing in our lives today, it could be gratitude. Because as I said earlier, we don't always see it from God's perspective as we should. And so as they went through the retreat weekend, one of the things they had to do was write out, this is what I'm grateful for. And sometimes how we see that. One of my students on Thursday night, last week he normally has to go to class. I mean, excuse me, has to go to work after class. And last week he was getting ready to leave. He goes, oh man, this is so good this week. I don't have to go to, I don't have to go to work. I get to go home and chill. I said, that's so great. We're walking out of the building. His phone rings and it's his wife. And she says, would you go by the grocery store and pick this and this and this and this up? He went, oh man. I said, well. Can we talk about this just for a second? I said, one, do you have a wife? Oh, yeah, I got a great wife. I said, okay. Uh, you getting ready to go to the grocery store. You have any money to buy your groceries? Oh, yeah, I got money. He caught on. How we can be so ungrateful. We, are, we really are spoiled and pampered in our world today in so many ways. But not everywhere in the world. This is a baptism in Tunisia. Corey and Tagwa Johnson are missionaries that we help support living there in Tunisia. They work with Voice of Martyrs. Because of the unrest in the Middle East, the conditions there have worsened. They were bad enough anyway. 
But this young lady who's being baptized, her name is Nora, or Nor, N-O-I-R, is from a Muslim family who heard the good news of Jesus Christ and accepted Christ and is following that in baptism. Now, you need to understand that the way this happens for them, for this particular mission, is they um, have an online vetting process so that as best they can tell, when someone truly comes to them who wants to know Christ, it's not a trap, so they'll be killed. It's that simple. So this young lady accepts Christ, follows in baptism, and then leads her mother to Christ. And even though her father is a devout Muslim, he too is beginning to soften to that call. I got this one this morning. Chris was kind enough to get it up for us. Some of you might recognize Spurgeon in the middle. Many of you have heard Spurgeon speak here or you've met him when he's here visiting. And this morning in India, they baptized 11 people in this village. And he just sent a text, and I'm not sure how many of you got that. But 11 people into the kingdom. See, we're looking, I think, as we see this as we should, the faith exercise, and because we are blessed as we are with the communication that we have, we can see what God is doing even in other nations. And we get to see it pretty much firsthand. Like I say, this came just this morning. So the faith that God has given us as we walk this out in our life, what an amazing and amazing work of God that God does Every day, he's just looking for folks who will believe him and trust him and let him be God instead of us trying to be God ourselves. Well, the first thing that we talk about when we talk about being more than conquerors is in our life of faith. The second one is family. I don't know in my lifetime if I've ever seen families more under attack than they are today. And it's horrible what's happening The book of Ephesians says, 31 through 33, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, shall be joined to his wife, and the two of them shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ in the church. Now think about what Paul's doing here in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He is comparing the relationship between a husband and a wife with the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. And how amazing that is and how wonderful that is and what God has done and what he's doing. And yet we're seeing families and marriages torn apart in so many different ways. And I realize there's a whole slew of reasons why this is happening. But it all comes back to this truth, whether you know it or not. We have an enemy. He hates God. He hates us. And he hates marriage. And his plan is always to steal kill and destroy and that's what he does and as long as we listen to him as long as we let him have any place in our lives that's exactly what's going to happen nevertheless each individual among you should also love his own wife as himself and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband husbands love your wives If you don't know how to do that, read 1 Corinthians 13. It'll explain it to you. 
It's sacrificial love. Wives, respect your husbands. And I understand because I've been around for a while. Well, he doesn't really love me like that. Well, fellas, get busy. Do some homework. Respect your husband. I'm not going to respect him. Because he doesn't love me the way he's supposed to love me. You see the problem here? As long as both people involved are unwilling to surrender to Christ completely and let him have his way in our lives, we can never have the marriages that God wants us to have. Here's a verse that might help with that. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. The man is the head of the woman and God is the head of Christ. There's a divine order. It sounds like I'm man bashing, but I'm, that's really not my heart. I understand that most of us, including me, we're not raised with an understanding that God, God decided that man was the spiritual leader of the family, of the home. Sadly, many of us, going all the way back to Adam, have not done that or done it very well. You say, why are you picking on Adam? Well, when Eve was tempted, based on the understanding of Scripture that I, that I can gain and glean, is that Adam was right there. But he never stopped the serpent. He just kind of went along with it. And ladies, you can be very persuasive. Did you know that? I wonder how many times Adam went over in the corner of the garden and said, why did I listen to her? Why did I listen to her? Why? And, and then to make it even worse, when God shows up and addresses the issue, what does Adam say? It's her fault. It's all her fault. What did she say? It's a snake. Isn't it amazing that that has not changed? We are still so unwilling to take responsibility for our own actions. If we mess up, we mess up. Let's deal with it as best we can. Sometimes there are consequences that are difficult as a result. But biblically, there's always a way for us to walk through that and allow God to do that work of grace in our lives. And here's what it is for us guys. Christ is the head of every man. He's my head. I can never, ever be the husband that he wants me to be to Sheila unless I'm submitted to him as the authority of my life. And then it says, and and he's just walking with the Father. He's just showing us what the Father says, and this is how this works out and how it makes the difference or should make the difference. The other area that seems to be so rampantly under attack today and a lot of this of course is our own foolishness and that's finances so we had faith family finances but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you do 
I need to explain to you what that means? We will seek after a lot of things. We have so many idols today, it's not even funny. Some of them are electronic. When's the last time you went to the bathroom without your phone? Just asking. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things. What's he talking about? He is talking about all the things needed and necessary for life. Previously in this chapter of Matthew chapter 6, he said, get your priorities where they ought to be, and then God will provide for you. Now, here's the thing that is a difficult observation for some of us. When God is providing for us, oh, wait a minute. Well, he's given them more than he's given me. How's that fair? How's that right? How's that just? I don't know. I don't know. And to be very honest with you, that's not my problem. God chooses. He looks at us. He he made us. He knows exactly what our capacities are. There is a scripture that says that he who is faithful in a little shall receive much. Now, typically, we want to apply that to money, but it may not be money. It may be something way more valuable than money. It may be influence. It may be authority. It may be a capacity that is not in the financial world, but finances is one of the obvious things that we seem to have such a difficult time with. So faith, where am I in that? Am I truly allowing Christ to perfect my faith every day? Family. Is my family ordered? Sometimes our kids are messing up. We try to get all the help that we can for them, spiritually, medically, academically. But it really goes back to the fact that the family's upside down. Dad's not doing his job as he should. And you can say, well, you just quit bashing us. I, I'm, I'm pleading. I'm not bashing. I'm pleading. Dads, let's get our act together. There are consequences to dads not spiritually leading their families. The mom, back to Genesis. What does it say? The woman's always going to try and usurp the authority of the man. It doesn't mean you have to. It just means it's going to be a, a possibility, something you want to do. Why? Because you want what you want. Just like we do. But when it's upside down and the kids are whatever, and don't misunderstand me, please, please say, oh, but Pastor, you understand, well, I'm a spiritual leader. Uh, my wife is just an incredible wife, incredible mother, and we're really doing this to the Lord. There's no real guarantee. Because back to, we still all have free will, including our kids. And one of the things I had to learn early on was, you know, I thought when we brought home those little bundles of joy, that they were just clay for us to mold. And you know what I found out? They have a hand in it too. That's right. And our job as parents is to determine 
what God put in that precious child that we now have received into our life and then help that child with all that we can to unpack that for the glory of God. And for you dads who might be athletic and you're thinking, oh, my son's going to be an athlete. He may give you an artsy son. Or what about you ladies are so... um, I'm not sure refines the word I want, but prissy. And God gives you a daughter who's a dirt dauber. They just love to be outside, love to play in the dirt, you know, just have a great time. But if we're walking this out with God as we should in family, and the faith is in place as it ought to be, and we're seeking his kingdom as we should, then we'll see, oh, wait a minute, this is this precious gift that God's placed in our care, and now our responsibility is to not only see that, but help them unpack that for his glory. We're so blessed in tons of ways. But I want to tell you, I've had a personal struggle for a long time now. When I say a personal struggle, a personal struggle in prayer and trying to figure something out. And this week, I don't know if God just reminded me of it or he brought it as a revelation it really doesn't matter turn your bibles to james 122 it's not going to be on your screen so you have to look it up as i said having been involved in ministry now for over five decades I've watched this, and I've watched it particularly as Sheila and I have made this such a part of our prayer time together. We're praying for others, praying for the church. We keep bumping up against this thing. How is it possible that we can read the Word of God, Hear the word of God and still not do the word of God. So James one twenty two. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers because when you hear it and you don't do it, you delude or deceive yourself. I'm sure there's a one or two people in the room smarter than me, so I'm going to give you an assignment. Some years ago, I heard someone in a message say something along these lines, and I've dug and dug. I can't seem to get it. Maybe I'm just missing it. Maybe the guy was misquoting something. I don't know. But anyway, it, it really it made sense. In fact, some of my research was very disturbing on this. But he made the statement that when you hear something that's true, and you hear it more than once... And each time you hear it, you give credence to it. You say, yeah, that's right. For example, here in this church family, you will hear very frequently, we're supposed to be a people of prayer. 
And so the question for all of us, since we're all, we've heard this tons of times, how many people in here would say that my prayer life is exactly what God wants it to be? And everybody here would say, well, no, that's right. We're supposed to pray. That's, that's, we're children of God. The disciples of Jesus, they saw all the miracles, all the incredible things that he did. And the one thing they asked him to do was, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because they connected the dots. Another thing you will hear here very consistently is that we're to spend time in the Word of God. And see, it's not just a matter of spending time in the Word of God so we can read it. But here James says, you don't just hear it, you don't just read it, but you actually do it. Now see, both of those things are true, and yet we continue to find that that's not happening in the body of Christ. So when we go back to faith and family and finance, we go back to being more than conquerors through Christ who loved us, then none of us should be living in a place of deception or delusion. But instead, we should be living in a place of truth and true action based on that truth. See, that takes us back to the very first part of the message. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me, who gave himself for me. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm overwhelmingly more than a conqueror. So when I bump up against those things that are contrary to the word and the will of God, then I will know that in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, that the word of God is true and I can act on that word, even though my feelings may not line up and my circumstances may be absolutely horrible. Let me read again. If you haven't memorized it, let me encourage you to do so. But prove yourselves doers of the word. Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves, who deceive themselves. And then he goes on to say, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like the man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has, he immediately forgets or has forgotten what kind of person he was. But oh, when we look intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, which is God's grace and God's truth and the application of that, and we abide by it, that means we do it, not having become forgetful hearers, but effectual doers, this man shall be blessed in what he does. I want to be that man all the time. I would hope that each of you do as well. But the truth of the matter is, every person here has to make that decision for themselves, and you have to stay at it. I don't think it's that one-time thing that you do and say, oh, I'm going to, hip, got it, moving on, one and done. No, it's every day. As we know, we're living sacrifices for Christ. And all that he wants to do in our lives every day, that he will do that. And my Father will get glory for my life. My Jesus will be exalted because the Holy Spirit has had his place in me. Would you do that? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to examine 
we've had this conversation numerous times, to examine your heart and life of how it lines up with the Word and will of God. It's really imperative. We're in the last days. I don't know what that means. I'm not trying to even, it's not scare tactic. It's just to know that things are moving more quickly than we've ever seen. And so it is, I think, imperative. I believe strongly it's imperative. And I, again, I can only answer for one person. That's me. I have to give an account to God for how I present it to you, but the answering of that is me before God. How's my life every day? Is it the life that demonstrates that I'm more than a conqueror in faith and family, finance, all aspects of life? I just picked out three. And as we do that, as we do that, we get to see the incredible, supernatural, miraculous work of God to the point that what he says here, that we'll be blessed in what we do because we're no longer doing it for our own selfish, fleshly Desires. We're no longer yielding to our emotions of the moment. We're no longer being mandated and dictated by circumstances. But we're living as those who are seeing the truth by the power of the Holy Spirit, living the truth, and delusion and deception are removed. One of the sad things that I found in my research that was working on trying to find that psychological phrase of hearing something and knowing it's true but not doing it and then thinking somehow it's, it's okay. It was interesting that the uh, Nazis used what they called propaganda, which is the very opposite of saying something Wrong over and over and over and over again until people would believe that it was true. Now we are seeing that happen in our world today, sadly. But right in the middle of all that is God having chosen us to live in this time. And that should be, should be, one of those things where you say, in gratitude, God, thank you. Thank you for choosing me, for letting me be a part of this time in history. Maybe the most important time in history, I don't know. But you chose me. You put me here for this time. And so I want to live every day as that more than conqueror through you, Lord Christ. That overwhelming conqueror through you, Lord Christ, where I can read the word in Romans that says, everything works together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Because with my eyes, with my mind, it doesn't line up sometimes. 
but all in my heart of hearts where the Spirit of God dwells. It makes all the sense and all the difference every day. Do you, do you realize how blessed we are? Do you realize how grateful we should be? What a privilege. What a joy. What an opportunity. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Send me where? Doesn't matter. First of all, send me home <laughs> to take care of some things there I need to do. Send me to my job. Maybe some things there I need to take care of too. To school. Wherever God has placed us, whatever our environment may be, we are blessed, 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 blessed be his kids and this time to make a difference like nobody's business that's our God that's our God would you stand please father is my great privilege to pray for this gathered people today Believing and trusting, God, that you are working in each of our lives. That you're doing all that is necessary and required for us to be doers of your word. And not just those who hear and choose not to do it. Willful or not. But thank you, God, for making us hearers of your word. who look intently at your word, Holy Spirit, as you enlighten us with it, and we abide by it, and we're no longer forgetful hearers, but we are instead, by your power, Holy Spirit, effectual doers. And thank you that the gravy for us is you choose to bless us for simply doing what you've said is ours to do. So thank you, Father. Thank for every person who's here. Thank you, God, for the work that you're doing in each of our lives. Thank you for every circumstance that we find ourselves in, that we can be reminded that we are more than conquerors, more than overwhelming conquerors through you, Lord Christ. That when our emotions seem to want to get the best of us, that we can be reminded, Holy Spirit, that we are more than conquerors. Through you, Lord Christ. Because your word is true. And we are what you say we are in you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.